about his reinforcement. His opposite hand was warm on top of mine, then enveloping it. You're safe, son. Your dad is on his way. His voice sounded grainy, and his eyes were red, too. He'll be here soon. A nurse materialized on the other side of the bed with a huge syringe, but before I could pull away, she stuck it into a bag suspended from a metal stand, not into my arm. A clear cord extending from the bottom of the bag looped down. I knew it was attached to me when I felt whatever she'd just injected into it, like I'd been shot with a tranquilizer gun. Gun. Mom. Mom! I said, but my mouth wouldn't cooperate, and my eyes kept trying to close. Mom! Mom! Cindy couldn't bite her lip hard enough to stifle the sob that escaped. Tears overflowed and trailed down her cheeks. I couldn't feel her touching me anymore, and she turned into her husband's chest, hands flying up to cover her mouth, too late to muffle another sob. The pressure of Charles's hand diminished bit by bit as everything grew fuzzier. Landon, sleep now. Your father will be here as soon as he can. I'm here. I'm not leaving you. His face became less and less distinct, finally fading altogether, and I couldn't keep my eyes open. Mom! I screamed her name in my head. Mom! 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 But I already knew she wouldn't have heard me, even if my voice was as loud as a jet engine. Lucas. In a lecture hall of 189 students, it's unusual for one of them to stand out the first day, but not unprecedented. When one separates from the herd that early, it's typically because of something negative, like asking stupid questions, or talking during the lecture, and missing the evil eye from the professor. Excessive body odor, audible snoring, or my personal anathema, being a trendy douche. So I wasn't too surprised when I became aware of such a guy during the first week of fall semester. Typical previous BMOC of his high school, used to toadies toadying. Still expecting it, still getting it. Frat guy, casual but affluent clothes, expensive haircut, self-important smile, perfect teeth, and the requisite cute girlfriend. Likely majors, econ, poli-sci, finance. He annoyed me on sight. Biased of me, sure, but it's not like my opinion mattered. He paid attention in class and asked competent questions, so he was unlikely to need tutoring, though that didn't preclude him from showing up to the study sessions I administered for Dr. Heller three times a week. Often the brightest students made up most of the group. The first semester I did supplemental instruction, last fall. I paid close attention during Heller's lectures. I'd made an A in his class, but it had been a year since I took it, and economics isn't a stagnant field. I didn't want a student asking me a question in the middle of a tutoring session that I couldn't answer. 
By the third semester, my fourth sitting through the class, I didn't really need to be there. But class attendance was part of the tutoring gig, and it was easy money. So there I sat, bored off my ass on the back row, working on assignments for my senior-level courses, sketching out design project ideas, keeping an ear on where the lecture was going so I could stay on topic during my sessions, and resolutely ignoring my pointless dislike of the conceited sophomore sitting in the center of the class with his accessory of a girlfriend. But by the end of that first week, my attention was straying to her. Since childhood, drawing has been a comforting diversion, and sometimes an escape. My mother was an artist, and I don't know if she discerned that I had a natural aptitude for it or if it was a learned skill resulting from her early encouragement and plenty of practice.